Welcome, welcome, welcome into a seminarian and friends, a podcast where my friends ask me their questions about Jesus, scripture, the church, or theology. My name is Kevin Gray, the seminarian who's probably in a class that addresses their quandaries. Today concludes a very special series in which my friend Karis, who is a clinical mental health counselor, and I address some topics that I needed help discussing. Thanks for having me, Kevin. And before we start, I just want to um, have a quick warning ahead. We are talking about abuse like we did in the last podcast. Um, That can be a really triggering topic for some people. And I want to make sure that as we go into this, like you are warned, you're prepared that this is where we're going. As always, our message here is grace and love and understanding, both for the abused and the abuser. At the end of the podcast, just like the last one, we'll offer some resources for people who might be in abusive situations. So if you need to just skip ahead to that part, feel free. Absolutely. Like Karis said, this week's is the second of a two-part series about what grace might look like in different abusive situations. And so I'm just going to dive straight to scripture to start this out. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21 it says this submitting to one another out of reverence for christ it's the middle of a sentence wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior now as the church submits to christ so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands husbands love your wives As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as Christ, his body. And it continues as Paul describes what this submission looks like in different scenarios. But we're going to look at what submission looks like in an abusive marriage. And so I'm going to turn it over to to Karis, and and she's going to help us with some definitions. Yeah, so this came up just as a counselor and as a Christian. This is a verse that comes up a lot. Because we are called as wives to submit to our husbands. But then as a counselor, you know, I see people in dangerous situations. The temptation is to very quickly jump to, you need to leave him. Um, And we'll talk about that in a minute. But this is a difficult topic for Christians to address. And a lot of people just don't have answers. So we want to try to tackle it. Obviously, we are not going to be perfect. We're not going to have all the right answers. But we're going to give it a try. So first we want to define some terms. What's submission? When Kevin and I sat down to talk about this, what we kind of landed on was submission is for a wife to follow her husband's spiritual lead, defer to his judgment, trust his judgment, and allow him to take initiative where appropriate, all because he is called to love, protect, and lead her like Christ loves, protects, and leads the church with the understanding that he has undertaken the task to lead with his wife's best interests in mind. So then what is separation? There are two different kinds of separation. There's separation where you just need to step away, 
take some time without making any legal changes to your marital status for the purpose of protecting yourself, just to regroup, figure out next steps. There's also legal separation. That is officially separating yourself from your spouse for legal purposes in order to protect yourself for legal reasons. Also, abuse, we want to go ahead and define that. Abuse is anything that causes you to feel genuinely unsafe with your spouse. It could be verbal, could be physical, could be sexual. It could be emotional. And I want to be clear, sexual abuse does happen within marriage. I think anyone who says otherwise has a fundamental misunderstanding of what abuse is. So um, we also want to just start by saying that it is not God's will for you to be physically in danger when you are with your spouse or to be physically in danger from your spouse in any way. It's not God's will for you to feel verbally or emotionally under attack by your spouse. And if you are in danger, I want to say right now, seek help. Like I said, there will be resources at the end of this podcast. Um, So we're going to be talking about what it means to specifically be a wife submitting to her husband in an abusive situation. That being said, there are men who are in abusive situations with their wives, and I don't by any means want to sweep that under the rug. That's something I'm particularly passionate about. But I believe that a lot of what we're saying here about a woman submitting to her husband in abuse can be applied to a husband loving his wife through abuse. If you're in an abusive situation, as far as what to do, the first question you need to ask is, is it dangerous? Is it dangerous for you to even be in the same room together or in the same city? Because if it is, you need to remove yourself from that situation. Our bodies are temples. God calls us to protect ourselves. That being said, regardless of whether it's dangerous or not, the way you talk about your spouse is important. The way you talk about your spouse to others, to your children, to your friends, to your church, to your family, And even the way you talk to your spouse, as much as it's up to you, that is your responsibility. Even in abusive situations, that's something you can control. The way you talk about your spouse and to your spouse is a way you can honor them and love them. Also, the way you treat them. It feels like kind of an obvious statement to say, like, treat them with respect. But there are situations where maybe it's really a temptation to make everything difficult for them as far as, like, legal dealings or domestic dealings with each other the way you treat them in front of your children if you have children yeah Karis those are really good points to emphasize Uh, I also want to say pray for your spouse it sounds simple but I think it can be really overlooked fairly often there's so much emotion there are so many things going on but praying for your spouse even in these tough times is good for Uh, yourself and it's good for your spouse keep praying for your spouse Um, and I want to I want to look at an example from scripture of how this looks so there's a a book in the Old Testament called Hosea it's found in the prophetic section of the Old Testament it's in the the minor prophets or the the 12 it's called Hosea it's first few chapters we get to meet Hosea a little bit, who, who wrote the book. And God calls Hosea to marry a prostitute. And God continually calls Hosea to love this woman who was very promiscuous before the marriage and during the marriage. He still loved her as a picture of how God loves the church and pursued her through Uh, his son, Jesus Christ, when God the Son took on flesh uh, and became human in the person of Jesus Christ. And 
for the sake of forgiving their sins and offering eternal life, he died on a Roman cross and uh, paid the, the debt for sin and rebellion and wickedness and all the ways that we have committed adultery with God, whom Scripture describes as our husband. And so Christ died, and then he rose again. Uh, and, and in grace, he, he offers his life um, and his love and his forgiveness to people who will call on his name. And so this is the context that, that we talk about grace and forgiveness in all situations, specifically abuse. God pursued even when we turned our back on him. But I also want to caveat this, and, and you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. Man, if you're, if you're a man who's being abused by your wife, it happens. Like I said, there is scriptural precedent for it, and you are not less of a man for experiencing this, and you're not less of a man for pursuing this protection and this separation. Um, there's grace for all of this. Absolutely. So in my work as a counselor, I've done a little bit with addicts. And something we look at with addictions in particular is just taking the substance, whatever it is, out of the equation. In the same way, Jesus talks about if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. One way you can love or honor your spouse is if they can't control themselves and if they can't control whatever form of violence they choose around you, walk away. Take that out of the equation for them. Help them keep from sinning by taking yourself out of the equation. And that is absolutely not to say that the abuse is your fault. It's not. It is not your fault. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Abuse is not your fault. But if stepping away helps your spouse not sin, do it. And on the same line, Karis, of, you know, avoiding sin, sometimes there are situations where uh, one spouse is particularly the, the husband is is trying to get his wife to do something that, that scripture forbids something that, that doesn't honor God and, and is disobedient and those things can include harming yourself or others and when those things happen wives can't submit to that because their higher duty is to Christ who is the head of the church like we talked about in the last podcast and so you can't submit to those things um, so it, it's your responsibility to turn away from that and you can't submit to him because he's not acting in your best interest which like Jesus acted in the best interest of the church when he laid down his life you know your your husband is supposed to act in his wife's best interest and lay his life down and if he's not doing that then he's not following his duty um, so you have no reason to submit to his sin but it is still the duty to submit to scripture but if you're not feeling safe uh you can leave and we want you to seek safety where you need to um and obviously you know we, we talked about this in our last podcast it is the responsibility of the church uh, of the local congregation to make themselves available and to walk you through this we're not perfect we're not going to do this a hundred percent the way we're supposed to but it is our call and our duty to surround you and all the abused and abusers 
to walk together in grace. And I just want to add, so in preparation for doing this podcast, I actually talked to my mom a little bit. Her father was an abusive alcoholic, and my grandmother was married to him for a significant period of time during that time. My mom told me that as this was happening, my grandmother did not feel like she could go to her church. And obviously this was a different time, a different era, where abuse was not as widely talked about, where mental health resources were not as widely available. But she just didn't feel like, because of her position in the community, because of her position in the church as the daughter of a pastor, she didn't feel like she could share this with her church community. Um, If that's you, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that you don't belong to a church community that's extended that kind of love and protection to you. And my prayer is that if you're experiencing this and you don't feel safe to speak to members of your church about it for whatever reason, please find another church that will support you because we're out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I can say very confidently that if anyone were to come to one of my pastors and tell them about abuse, my pastors would step up in a heartbeat. And I feel confident that if I were being abused, my pastors would step up in a heartbeat and take care of me and make sure I was safe. So churches like that are out there. And I really just want to encourage you, yes, if like churches don't always do the right thing. They're not perfect. You may belong to an imperfect church, but there are churches out there that want to support you. So please, please do seek them out. Ultimately, the role of the body is to step up. And like we said in the last podcast, to seek justice for the abused and to pursue mercy toward the abuser at the same time. We want to leave you with some resources in case you are in a situation where you feel unsafe. And if your question is, do I feel unsafe? If you're ever asking and you're not sure, err on the side of caution. If you're ever in a place where you wonder if it could be heading in that direction, the chances are it really is. So take steps to protect yourself. You're not less of a man. You're not less of a woman. You're not less of a husband or a wife for doing that. It's important that you remain safe, and that's God's heart for you. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. Again, 1-800-799-SAFE. You can call this number 24-7. You can text it. If you go to thehotline.org, T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E.org, you can engage in a live chat with someone. Also, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence has a website, ncadv.org, and their website is full of resources for anyone and everyone, really anyone and everyone. So if you're in an abusive situation, if you're feeling the least bit unsafe, please go to those pages, call those hotlines, do what you need to do to be safe. Here's thank you, Soli Deo Gloria.